Hello, agriculturists. I'm your host, Jacob Simpson, and welcome back to a new episode of I Believe TV. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to say to Hawaii, we are all praying for you guys. The wildfires on Maui, some are still burning, and the most of the island, you know, I'm just... I'm just in awe because of how devastating the cities on Maui have been charred. And, oh, my goodness. I have contacted Hawaii FFA Association, and they have been making efforts to gather supplies such as clothes and diapers and medical toiletries and all that such. If you guys care to make a small impact for Hawaii, please go to the Red Cross website and make a small donation or simply DM the Hawaii FFA Association and see what you could do to help them out. Today, I have a very special guest coming from the Montana FFA State Association. I have the state parliamentarian, Ayla Yoder. Ayla, would you please introduce yourself to everybody on the show? Um, hi, my name is Ayla Yoder. I'm the Montana FFA State Parliamentarian. And I don't know, I guess I'm from Plentywood, Montana. That's about... All I know how to introduce myself as. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fine. I'm actually really happy to have you on the show. Um, this week has been very, very hectic. Uh, I just started school yesterday, my junior year. Um, I did not know if I could even do this episode today, but I'm, I'm really glad we could uh, have you on the show. Yeah, I am too. I'm super excited about it. Heck yeah. So I already told you uh, this before, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to be asking you a ton of questions. If you have uh, a little bit of trouble answering one in the moment, just let me know. We can always come back to it later. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yes, ma'am. First things first, what got you to join the FFA? Honestly, I think one of the main things that got me to join FFA is because of 4-H and also because my brother did not do FFA. I kind of wanted to be a little bit different from my brother. And he's about two years older than me. And just that fact that I could be able to do something that he hasn't done before, <laughs> that kind of put me in there. I was like, let's do this. So do you think he regret that decision of not joining? Um, I don't think he did. It's, it's not down his alley. He found a bunch of other places in school, whether it was like speech and drama or his, he's a huge nerd. So he found his... <laughs> home in other places hey that's pretty good i mean as long as you make the most of your high school career there's there's no judgment right there at least he found his happy place definitely he did yeah so what made you choose to stay in the ffa i found kind of a home in it i had some older friends that were in ffa um lane johnson she's a year older than me she kind of dragged me into it as well as me wanting to do it myself and she held me there and she was like, you're going to do this and you're going to do this. All these competitions, she got me into and I had the time of my life. And so I stuck with it. And I've been trying to do as much as I can in my chapter, in my community for FFA. As you should. As you should. Yeah. She sounds like my ag teacher. Um, <laughs> always making me do all these things for him. And Oh my gosh. <laughs> like today, um, second day of school, he's like, Hey Jake, get on the plasma table. Are you kidding me already? Yeah. We got some businesses to be filling up for. I'm like, all right, fine. Um, and you know, speech contests, um, in the spring, he's always like, Hey, get your uh, stuff done. Uh, we got cult conference coming up. We got 
all these leadership conferences coming up and such. And he's like, Hey Jake, we're going to be there. Um, what about like this and that? Are you going to be at these fundraisers? I won't be saying yes, because if I say no to that guy, I'm, I'm bound to get beat. <laughs> you know, as you should, you gotta just, you just gotta jump in and do it. Doesn't matter yeah. if you don't know what you're doing. You just gotta do it some days. And sometimes you think maybe these opportunities won't come again. Um, and if you listen to my last episode, Sloan McIntyre, she's like, you say yes to every opportunity. Um, and that's why I never said no to my ag teacher unless it was a question. Because um, I'm, I'm kind of scared to say no because I don't know what I'm going to miss. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like you've uh, made that choice, too, to always say yes, which is why you're all, uh, you're serving your state. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. So, so far, what is your favorite part of the FFA? Um, as being a state officer or just in general FFA? In general. I really like how open that some of our reflections are. So, <laughs> we have our um, alumni leadership camp. And I actually went to it for the first time as a state officer this year. And just seeing like how much these kids are able to build connections with each other and like kind of how vulnerable that they're able to be in our times of reflection and sharing. It kind of just like, it puts a reason to FFA for me. It shows that like FFA is where some kids find their homes, even if their own home life isn't great. Even if there's something going on, they always have a place in FFA. And that's my favorite part of FFA. Like, no matter what, you can always find your spot. And that's that's my thing. I didn't really think um, I'd have a shot in the FFA uh, when I moved here to my uh, current hometown. Uh, I was just kind of like enrolled into it because like my brother, um, he was in it and he's like, hey, you should like try this out. Um, he graduated 12 years ago. Yeah, he graduated 12 years ago. Wow. Uh, so I didn't get to like see him do all these cool things for our chapter. Um, and so he's like pushing me to like enroll my eighth grade year. I'm like, all right, fine. And then I just fell in love with it. The first day I walked in the ag classroom, I was greeted by a short bald man with a long beard and a handshake. And I have not left the ag room since. Um, I've been, I was in the ag shop until about five o'clock this evening and I just had other stuff going on because of the FFA until I got home around six. Um, you could tell how FFA has changed me just by getting home super, super late and going to all these competitions and things early in the mornings and man, God has been good. Absolutely. FFA really, it's a little bit crazy, but it's definitely worth it. It is. So you did say that Montana has an alumni leadership camp? Yep. We have one here in Oklahoma, and it is awesome. I love ALC. Um, Me too. So this year was a little bit different. Um, so we had a new location, and the new location called for, like, shorter uh, sessions, which was kind of a bummer. But the state officers, if you met the uh, the Oklahoma state officers at the summit in D.C. this summer, um, best team ever. I love them to death. Um, very cool people. They pulled off ALC uh, like it was nothing, even though they were facing their own struggles. Um, they pulled their weight, and I could not be any more proud of them. Um, each session, each lesson, 
Uh, each speaker was just top notch. And ALC, I brought home so much from it. I still have uh, my pamphlet I bring to my chapter because I'm like, hey, we got to apply this to uh, our everyday lives in this classroom. Um, now you see ALC as like a fun summer camp for FFA uh, members. And uh, yes, that's true, but like it's a leadership camp. So you got to bring home something more than just, oh, we learned this game. No, you learned something valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have a question about your ALC. Does your ALC have a theme every year? Yes. So this year was linked communicate to connect. And what that means is we need to, you know, communicate to connect with our networks. Um, so it, it was mainly about building a stronger and uh, a better network. Um, that's kind of what the FFA has already done for me. Um, so I didn't really expand my network or, as you could say, uh, my bigger friend circle until uh, last year at my first day convention. That's when I put myself out there. I was like, and like greeting people I've never met, and I've just remained close friends with them since. And every FFA uh, event I go to, I bring home a friend or two on my Snapchat or Instagram, and I just I have I don't I don't stop talking to them. And <laughs> if you were looking on my Snapchat like uh, last night, um, I was snapping like a couple hundred people just back and forth, back and forth. I'm tired. But I don't want to leave them hanging. I love these guys. And I'm just, you know, trying to build connections uh, in the FFA and help them grow uh, as a person themselves. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things to hear. Like, honestly, hearing different members, older members, younger members, making those connections and always being available to help each other whenever possible. It's amazing. So does your ALC have a uh, theme? Yeah, this year it was spy camp. I don't exactly remember like the phrasing, but it was spy camp and the introduction skit that some of our counselors, which is all of our past state officers, not all of them, it was about seven past state officers. So they always do an introduction skit and it was the funniest spy kit I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. Um, so it's we all have... about leadership, but spy <laughs> leadership. We have some... Uh past state officers serve on the the team too at alc uh some kids just got out of uh high school uh some are college students at oklahoma state um i think we had no no nobody was uh like graduated from college or anything um but it was, it was just so fun because these uh these counselors are around your age and they they mostly get what you're saying uh, mm-hmm. And they better connect with you. So I, I love ALC about that, you know? Yeah. So with your favorite part being, you know, just the people making it your home, uh, this is the hardest question. What is your least favorite thing about the FFA? Hold on. Let me think about this for just a second. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with all of, oh, AET. Navigating oh AET God. when you first get on it, it was so confusing for me. I think I finally got it down, but those first few weeks, months, year or two, I was struggling. <laughs> I was like, what do I put here? Why do I have to click all of these buttons? I still, sometimes I don't know how to get to the right places of where I know I need to be. 
I get there eventually. It's just hard. So, um, <laughs> I have my Chromebook on my desk right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I think, four applications. I don't know how many applications I have going on on my AET right now. Um, I just know I keep looking at the state degree and the American FFA degree and the proficiency award uh, applications. And I'm always looking at the checklist to see what I need to do, how I need to do it, what I need to type and all this and that. Um, so I don't understand how in the liabilities, uh, checklist, uh, for a state degree, it says error when I know that it's not an error, but when I go to the American FFA degree, it says it's good. I've met that, uh, requirement. Um, so I don't know how that works, uh, you know, around that. And of course there's like so many things to go on with the proficiency award and, I spent four hours the other night just typing on my like uh, in my bed, and I <laughs> I fell asleep on uh like with the key- uh, keyboard on my lap, <laughs> and it was like it's just so time consuming and AET is kind of like everywhere. It's not like it's it's organized. I, I'll give him that, but it's not organized for like my mind in a way. No, I I understand that it's, and I think they recently. It recently updated for me, and so it's, like, even more confusing. There's more buttons now, and the icons look different, and there's, like, a job board that I can look at, and I guess, I don't know. I'm looking at it right now. Poking <laughs> I, it away. I, I like the use of AET, but I don't like how to use AET. Yeah, it comes in handy, definitely, and, like, all of the um, applications, it's super great to be able to fill them out on AET, but at the same time, it just sometimes I'll be struggling. It is a struggle. If you could change one thing about the FFA or an agriculture in general, what would it be? I think it would be a little bit more of the mindset. I think that it's super important that we need to be all inclusive. And I know that's what we strive for in FFA, but for the members, and I know. For the most part, everyone does a super good job, but sometimes coming from an outside outside perspective, if you don't live on a farm, if you're in the city, sometimes it's a little daunting to get into FFA or to be involved in agriculture. And so I think that it would be really great if we could make it less scary for people who aren't on farms. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it does. Um, so my brother, you know, of course, he got me to join the FFA. But the reason why I was, like, very interested, like, just to try it out was because when I moved here, uh, my uncle and uh, my aunt, of course, um, they have a small beef operation uh, up here in my hometown. And I was like, you know what? I kind of want to learn more about cows and such. Um, but I did not learn anything that year about cows. Instead, I learned all about chickens and plants and um, other animals besides cows until my freshman year. I was like, okay, well, I'll get it next year. I had a lot more fun than just learning about cows. I'll tell you that much. Oh, um, yeah. And, you know, me being a city kid, um, but loving country music and wearing cowboy boots almost every day, um, <laughs> um, it, it's not for um, just the country kids. I'll tell you that much. Anybody can join. Um, if I can wear um like a hoodie with basketball shorts and boots or maybe crocs 
Um, or maybe like a flimsy little baseball cap with an Oklahoma State logo or something like that. Um, it doesn't matter where you're from, what your background is, who you are, what you wear. The FFA is home to everybody. No, I agree with that completely. I think that's something that we need to push that message as far and as wide as we can because it's a great organization, and no matter where you're from, what you're doing with your life, it can benefit you. Yes, it has uh, benefited me a lot. Um, like these uh, these business opportunities, you know, just having businesses come to me asking to uh, make them some like metal signs and such. Um, that that's like work ready practices. Um, yeah. So the FFA um, is just preparing you for your future. Now you're learning things like currently, but if you don't apply those um, now and into your future lives, I don't think you're going to get much out of the FFA unless you put a hundred percent effort, um, into actually engaging. No, I agree 100%. Full engagement is so beneficial to your own mindset and the learning that you're going to get out of it and how much FFA can do for you. You have to put in the effort. So something, uh, my officer team and I were uh, doing this summer, uh, we did a lot of planning, of course, and we were thinking, you know, how do how do we get the kids to uh, be interested the very first week of school? And so we're like, what if we just decorated the ag room like fun colors and such? Uh, of course, blue and gold, the main colors and have balloons and streamers flying everywhere. We made the room look awesome. Um, and this year we have about 42, 45 eighth graders. Um, we had to bring in more chairs, more tables. Um, there's no room at all in the classroom now. It is packed. Um, this is like an all-time high of about 115, um, which is crazy. So I'm very happy uh, that we have more uh, students in our ag program. But, you know, how, do we, how are we going to engage those kids if we don't see them? Because us high schoolers um, don't have the same schedule as the uh, middle school. And, uh, you know, what if we were able to, um, set up a time and day after school just to, uh, you know, hang out with them, let them know who we are, put a name to our face and see how we can get them involved. Well, ice cream social and picnics and chapter meetings, um, all these things are beneficial, um, just to have like a community, uh, within your own little program and potentially put a little bit of a, a little heart and inspiration into them. Yeah, we we always try to do a back-to-school uh, barbecue, get all our freshmen. We don't have an eighth grade. Um, we don't have eighth graders in our chapter. We try to get as many freshmen as we can to our back-to-school barbecue and see how many we can get to the first meeting by bribing them with pizza, ice cream, <laughs> anything we can get. Now I'm curious because I love food. Um, what is Montana barbecue like? Hamburgers and hot dogs. That's Pretty really much. it. That's really it. No, like baby back ribs and uh, smoke corn. We're working on a budget here. <laughs> <laughs> we are not a rich chapter. We are. We're, we're doing our best, but. Oh man, we we uh we ordered seven hundred uh square bales of alfalfa hay, and we're selling that this Saturday. Seven hundred really? bales. I don't know where we got the money for that, but we're hoping we get to sell all of that. If not, 
um, we'll just keep it till winter and then jack up the prices even more because you know people are going to be out looking for hay in the winter. Oh yeah, no, I didn't even think about that. That's a great idea. <laughs> hey, what can I say? I'm I'm just you know giving out our ideas like left and right. Well, we're all the way in Montana. It's not going to affect your sales. Don't worry. I might just <laughs> have to hand over the idea to my old advisor. Speaking of winter, what is like? What do y'all do as a chapter in the winter when it's like freezing cold? Um, I know during the winter I'll bring out my snowsuit, even though it's like high twenties. Um, I think the lowest it was like last year was negative two or something, but still. Oh, <laughs> negative two. That's like we get real cold over here. Um, we're like in the. Uh, I'm like way northeast corner so i'm canada and north dakota but i'm in montana if that makes sense yeah and so we get like negative 30s negative 40s sometimes it's real bad i could not (laughs) (laughs) oh oh my goodness and our our ag building you have to walk across the street to get into our ag building from the school Uh, that's always fun our ag shop is um, connected to the art building, um, but the art building and ag building, as you can call it, is disconnected from the rest of the school. Uh, we also have a third building, which is called, well, quote unquote, the North Classroom Building. And that's for one science classroom and all of the math classes. Um, so just to get to your like other classes, you got to go through like um two different walkways and such the field house is across the street the band room is across the street uh the student center and high school gym is across the street it's just a hassle when it's really cold out um i don't like it but it's whatever i survive well good i'm glad you survived that sounds really complicated we're like (laughs) a building and a half for k through 12 how big is your school not very big it's pretty small um, like student wise, probably four hundred for K- all K through twelve, elementary, middle school, and high school. Okay, so you're roughly my size. Um, so the population of my town is about thirty five hundred, and okay, yeah. Oh wait, K through twelve. Oh, yep. Never yep. mind. Um, that's about the size of my high school, four hundred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it it might be. I think it's a little bit over four hundred. My numbers are way off. I don't know how many people are in elementary school right now. So what was your graduating class? Like how many? 30. Were... 30? Yeah. Oh my God. I have 81 in my graduating class. See, that's a lot for me. That is. My brother more... graduated with 17. So the town over Bartlesville, they are a 6A school, which is massive. Um, and my cousin just graduated there in May. She had 300, 400 kids in her class. You know, I'm uh, not even sure we have a 6A school in Montana. Um, if you go down to, like, the Tulsa Metro, we have a school called Broken Era Public Schools. Um, you could identify them as a college because they have about 1,000 per class. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, it's... I don't know how they support so many kids. I actually have quite a few friends from there. Do I talk to them much? No, because they're busy. Um, But it it, it freaks me out how there's a thousand kids in your class. Um, I'm actually from a bigger school, 
I used to go to a 6A school myself, but that high school had about a thousand kids by itself. Um, okay. And of course, they have elementary schools broken up. Um, I think there's like five elementary schools. Um, I went to one with like 400 uh, total in that, uh, like kindergarten through fifth grade. Uh, the middle school, few hundred, of course. Man, <laughs> that's crazy. And then I moved to uh, like another big school. Um, they had about a thousand. And then I moved to another big school with about 2,000. And now I'm here in this tiny town with about 400. Um, I kind of like it. I kind of don't. But, you know, um, I, I find joy in the little things. Yeah, I I like my little school. As as small as as it is, you always know all your teachers, no matter what. Even if they're brand new, you'll know them. <laughs> oh man, um, this is getting sidetracked, but I don't care at this point. Um, so yesterday, first day of school, the history teacher, he is a legend already, but I didn't know how much of a legend he was. So this guy, funniest man alive. He was, uh, his parents met each other in Africa. Uh, his dad was a medical missionary and his mom's white, of course. So she was in uh, that field too. Um, he was born in Indiana, flew back to Africa when he was five months old, flew back to the States um, when he was five years old and stayed in Minnesota till he was 17. And when he wa- he graduated uh, from like some small school in Minnesota, Went to North Dakota State to play D1 football. This guy was on the track team, too. He never got married. He never had kids. He visited all 50 states, visited 49 different countries, drives a Mustang, and has been to any historical um, like subject in our American history books. And he'll tell you everything about it because he's been there. This guy is a legend. What a man. Wow. That's impressive. That's impressive. He, oh my God, he hates phones. And <laughs> um, th- this might be a little bit like crazy to say on here, but um, say no to drugs, kids. And the analogy he used was heroin and phones. And <laughs> if you know, like people who are like addicted to their phones and addicted to heroin, he's like, oh my gosh, I got to look, look uh my likes on Instagram. And the way he said that, made the three people up front including me laugh so loud and this guy he, he his face is straight he, he didn't even try to make us laugh oh my god i was so ex- excited this morning just to go back to this class and you know first thing he does pull out your notebooks i'm like are you kidding me second day of school and he's like you're fine but this guy's pretty interesting i like him he's pretty cool that's good that's great good to have good teachers Especially who's passionate about what they teach. Absolutely. I'm actually, the, I might become a teacher myself. And the only reason is because I have had some very passionate teachers. My English teacher, she always cared so much about her students. And my ag teacher, my current ag teacher, she did so much for my chapter. And so right now I'm looking at being an ag teacher just because of how important it is to have passion for your subject. And I think it would be really cool to share that with other people. I'm actually wanting to be an ag teacher myself, you know, go to Oklahoma state, 
double major in agricultural education and ag uh, communications and just go to any school that needs an ag teacher. I don't care where I go as long as I get to be an ag teacher because like you get to have fun with kids who are passionate about something. And I think that's so interesting. Um, And I actually have family who are teachers. Um, My cousin, she actually just moved up to the high school. Uh, She taught elementary fifth grade for a couple of years. She is the head cheerleading coach and teaches algebra one. So I get to see her every day, um, you know, in the hallways and such. And today she actually asked me if I wanted to dress up as the mascot and do media days for her. So I'm like, heck yeah, I do. Um, And of course my aunt Kathy, uh, she teaches for a small school uh, in like North central Oklahoma, uh, fifth grade. Of course, she's pretty awesome. Um, I got to stay with a couple of my old teachers when I was in foster care for a little bit. Um, I, I loved going behind the scenes. I thought it was pretty cool to see how they work, how they function uh, at home. <laughs> uh, very interesting. And of course I'm very close with my ag teacher and uh, my chemistry teacher. I was close uh, with her before I even got to her class this year. Um, her youngest daughter is my best friend. And we show ghosts together, so I get to call her my show mom. And we always go to their house and watch Oklahoma State football, and it gets really rowdy. I love, love, love my teachers. Good, good. It's, now you have all these inside connections for when you're a teacher. You can just pop back in and say, and get help whenever you need it, you know? Yes, and there's actually a group uh, for Oklahoma FFA um, advisors and ag teachers. Um, of course I'm not in it because I'm not a teacher yet. Um, I'm saying yet because, you know, it's, it's not really my, um, my will. It's God's will if he wants me to. Um, but if, if I do get to that point, I'll, I'll definitely reach out. Um, cause you know, it doesn't hurt to ask for help whenever you need it. It definitely doesn't. We've got a couple groups like that ourselves. Um, I think, magnet it's like montana ag network but it's for teachers i think that's what it's called and that's like an online place for them to get in contact with each other do whatever and then we always have our um advisor meeting our yearly advisor meeting where they all get together and some people have to travel like halfway across the state which is like seven hours here but well if you're going from one side of the state to the other it's like 14 hours I did not realize Montana was that big. You know, I didn't either until I was going to the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I don't even travel Oklahoma that much. Um, Five-hour drive, maybe, the most. That's not bad. Oh, my. Well, yet again, um, I never go to the panhandle. That could be like an extra two hours. Oh, my goodness. For your comp- are your competitions usually fairly close for FFA and stuff? Thank God, yes. Um, so we actually have Tulsa 45 minutes away from me. So okay. our competitions and, of course, the conventions there for the next couple of years, uh, we don't have to travel far. I think the farthest we've had to travel for anything FFA was alumni camp, and that's a, a couple hours, not a couple hours. Um, this year is about four hours. Um, last year was only an hour and a half, but we don't really go far generally. That's got to be pretty nice. We all load up on the bus at like five o'clock in the morning when we're going to state 
And, well, sometimes. Sometimes we'll leave the day before. Usually we'll leave the day before. So we'll load up halfway through the day, and we all get on the bus. We all have our blankets, have our pillows, our three bags. And this year is in Great Falls, so it's about five or six hours. It wasn't bad. But the bus rides, they're honestly part of the best fun that you have. You get to just hang out with your chapter members. And I always like talking to the, like, listening to the little freshmen talk about whatever underclassmen drama they've got going on. <laughs> I'll give them oh. my advice. And I, it's, it's so fun. I love our bus rides. So I know some states have met colleges. Um, I know Kansas, uh, FFA, they have theirs at the, uh, Kansas State University, go Wildcats. Um, Texas, they have them in like Fort Worth, Dallas area. Um, I forgot where exactly. I think uh, the AT and T Stadium. That would be massive. Um, and of course, us Oklahomies, we have two locations. We used to have it in OKC at the Paycom Center, where the Oklahoma City Thunder would uh, play. Um, that was until two years ago when they decided, hey, let's try Tulsa out for a bit. And now we have it at the BOK Center, um, which is not a college, if you didn't know already. Um, so where does Montana have their convention? Well, Montana actually rotates between three locations. So last year it was – or this year, I guess. 2023, it was in Great Falls, and we have it at the fairgrounds up there. And so that it's a pretty big area. It's one of our bigger cities. And so we fit everybody in there. And then this coming year, 2024, we'll have it in Billings at the Metra. Um, I'm not sure how to describe that. It's another one of our bigger cities, towns, I guess. And the year after that, we'll have it in Bozeman at Montana State University, which is honestly my favorite place to have it because that is where I went to my first state convention. And it's, in my opinion, the best place to have it. But, you know, I haven't been to Billings yet, so I'll see and Montana State's the Bobcats, right? Yep. Okay, yeah, they're they're like D1 FCS school. I couldn't tell you. I may be going there this fall, but I could not tell you. I'm I'm just so I'm if you didn't know already, I'm a huge nerd about football, especially for college. I I love talking about football. Um I could go on and on for it. Well, have you ever gotten in on the Bobcats versus the Grizz? If you oh, get, get that talking up in Montana, it's it's bad. <laughs> You're talking about bad? Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. The Sooners versus the Cowboys. It is the worst rivalry down here. Besides, you know, Texas and Texas A&M or the Red River Shootout versus Texas and Oklahoma. It gets crazy down south. And, of course, you got the SEC schools which has Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn. I could go on and on and on about football, and I would not shut up. Sounds <laughs> like you've got, you've got some passion about football, man. Do you yeah, play? I, I did. Um, so I actually had to quit my uh, sophomore year because the uh, physician decided to deny me, um, which I was really bummed out about because um, – I, I love playing football. Um, I still do it, like, recreationally. Like, whenever my friends want to go to the football field, I'll be like, hey, I'll, I'll throw a few passes. 
Um, I actually have a pretty good arm. I cannot catch to save my life. Um, I'll play running back, or um, if we're feeling a little bit risky, I'll be linebacker or lineman. And I'll just have fun that way. Now, for the past two years, since my sophomore year, I've been a manager um, because Coach, he's pretty cool. He, he's like, hey, you can still be part of the team in some way. I'm like, heck, yeah, I can. Um, so I've been ball boy and water boy last year. And now this year I'm moving up to end zone camera for away games. Um, the reason why I say away games is because my ag teacher, um, he did not like that I was gone for most of the home games um, working on the sidelines. So he wants me working in the concession stand uh, with him every Friday night. Well, that we're home, of course. Yeah, I get that. That's rough about not being able to play, but it's super awesome that you get to manage still and be part of the team still. I did um, try out for mascot in March of this year, which I did get because, you know, my cousin being the head coach, uh, she's like, hey, you could be my like little buddy over here and uh, we can hang out more because I don't really get to see you that much away from the farm. So I'm like, heck, yeah, I'll try out. Um, very embarrassing to say on here, but I can do toe touches in boots and jeans like a pro. Uh, with the helmet. Wow. So, yes. What's, what's your mascot? Uh, the bulldogger. So if you don't know what a bulldogger is, it's like, somebody like a rodeo who... bulldogger. Yes. Okay. So for those who don't know, it's a guy who jumps off a horse and wrestles a steer. Really, really cool. Uh, we are the only school in America that has the bulldogger as the mascot. So that's a little fun fact. Okay, I have one last uh, question about the mascot. Do you ever, do y'all ever get a steer out and the per- the mascot, which would be you, I guess, do you ever get to wrestle a steer in your uniform? No. Um, so we are not that fun. Um, and I'll say, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because I love my team. I love my friends who are playing on the team. Uh, we are not the best. Um, we consider our skill, uh, ourselves like a, a sporty school. However, we can't play sports to save our lives besides the softball team. The softball team has gone to state uh, three years in a row. Last year, they uh, they didn't get to make it, but they still went to playoffs. Um, so our softball team is really carrying our, uh, our sports, our athletics. Well, as they should. Um, but, you know... Um, Back in March, of course, I got the position for mascot. But then the next month, um, after doing all these practices with the cheerleaders and um, just talking with my cousin about, like, what's going on next year for sports, uh, we had our FFA banquet. And I didn't know I was going to get elected as president uh, for my chapter. And neither did my family. Um, I got to know the day before, but I wanted to keep it a secret. Um, cause you know, I like surprising people and of course my cousin, the, the head coach, uh, she decided, Hey, I'll be there to support you. Um, <laughs> when she saw me, uh, get my name called up, uh, to receive, uh, my installation for president. She's like, Oh, he ain't going to be doing, uh, mascotting anymore. Is he? And my brother just died laughing, of course. And then the next day at school, uh, she pulls me aside says jake she she grabs my hands at this point jake i love you i'm proud of you 
but you got too much on your plate, buddy. I'm going to have to let you go. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You're right. And it hurts me that you say that, but you're right. Because the FFA has taken up a lot of my time last year. So did student council. And I was looking for a job at that point. And then I don't, I don't have time for much, uh, anything else. Um, but I'm just, I'm just glad that she was like pretty calm about it. She wasn't mad. Uh, she still loves me. She still supports me and I'm just doing what, like the best I can for my FFA chapter because I truly care, um, about our chapter's future and just helping these kids figure out what they want to do with their lives. Good. That's, I think that's one of the most important things chapter leader. doesn't matter if you're on the officer team or not, but being able to have a goal in mind. And that's a pretty amazing goal. So where do you see agriculture in the next 10 years? Well, I'd like to see it growing, but I definitely see it advancing in technology. And hopefully a lot of younger people in agriculture, especially ones coming from FFA, 4-H, anything like that. I think that these are great organizations, and as they keep on growing, I hope that they help produce more agriculture, um, agriculture-headed kids and adults that can get into the field, either the fields or in the offices, helping to sell things, market things. Honestly, I want to see it grow. I want to see it grow and advance as much as possible, and uh, that's where I want to see it. And where I do see it is definitely advancing through technology and definitely some new faces out there. So to piggyback on my last question, how will you um, help with the growth in your future? If I continue pursuing the, the career of being an ag teacher, which I hope to do, I want to encourage kids as much as possible to look into these ag jobs and see how many jobs there actually are. Because I personally didn't realize there was much more than farming and ranching. Like, I knew we sold grain to across the world, but I didn't really think about it. And recently, I've had the opportunity to actually go to one of the places where they ship out over in, I think it was Portland. And it was pretty amazing just to see how huge those facilities are where they load up grain onto these huge ships and they send it out. And there are so many different opportunities than just working in the field and farming and ranching. And even though that farming and ranching being a on hands in the field, that's a great place to start. That's a great place to work. We need that so much, but I want to push kids. I want to help them see what all else is out there. Like, I want them to turn over every rock and stone in this field of agriculture and figure out what they like. And if they don't like agriculture, that's okay. But I want to push kids and help them find their passion. And hopefully this podcast does pretty well with that. Um, and this, the main reason why I started this podcast is because, you know, I was kind of, uh, you know, looking for a better way to um, just inspire the kids to just pick up like something to better themselves through agriculture and see what it has to offer. Um, I didn't really think about podcasting until I 
uh, somebody brought it up at speech contest. Um, I used to have a YouTube channel that was like a news hour, failed miserably, decided like, hey, I'll try something new in the future. Um, and then at that speech contest uh, back in March, uh, they brought this idea. So I'm like, you know what? I'll try it out. Um, and like putting my faith into this podcast, my time, my, my, I even spent money on this um, just to help grow um, interest in agriculture. I, I hope I'm doing the right thing um, by putting something into your guys' hearts. I think as long as you're putting it out there, there's going to be ears to listen. And it's amazing that you started this as a high school. I think when you first reached out to me, I like, I looked into your podcast and I was taking a little bit of back. I was like, no way this is in high school. And he just has a whole podcast, but <laughs> it's so cool. I looked into it and it's really awesome that you're doing this. I, I feel like that amazes a lot of people too, because you're in high school, of course, and you got so many different things going on. Um, but over the summer, you know, during nighttime, you don't really have much to do besides just play on your phone. So I actually have a lot of free time uh, to myself. But now that school has started um, and I kind of have to find a new job because uh, I was doing like a summer program for my school, getting paid. Um, it's going to be a long, long time uh, just to see how much like I can do for this podcast. Now, I don't plan on shutting it down anytime soon. I'll probably carry it on through uh, college or maybe uh, in my like career as an adult. Um, I don't plan on shutting this down unless something extravagant happens. Uh, I want this to grow on and on and on for as long as I can, as long as God lets me. Um, and, you know, how, how you say, like, oh, my gosh, he's in high school. Um, the high school can really, like, give you, uh, like, a better perspective of, like, what you can do as a student. Um, how to better explain that is if you have, a like, a support system who has, like, the same interests as you or don't really have the same interests as you, but once you su succeed in a way, I feel like you can do anything that um, will come to mind. And I feel like this podcast has really um, been, you know, <laughs> very well supported through that. And I just, I just love um, hearing how people are like, dude, how are you in high school? How are you only a junior uh, doing this? Well, things happen for a reason. And I'm just going to say it right now. I love what I'm doing and I just want to keep growing. And I want to help you guys grow too. Well, good. I hope that you're able to continue on with this podcast and be super successful because it's amazing. I, I'm happy that this is the 25th. I'm happy that we're going to be reaching 50. I know I'm going to hit 75, 100, 500. I don't care how long this goes for. I love this so much. I didn't know how much I loved it until the very first episode. Uh, with my buddy Leandre Delonia. I loved every single conversation. I'm still pretty close with everybody I've talked to. Um, it's just amazing how uh, a small little dream from two years ago uh, and the talk from a few months ago just turned into something so big uh, into this little 16 year old's life. And I could not be more grateful. Well, good, good. So I already got your plan for after high school. 
and you already told me why you uh, chose that route. So I want to know about your SAEs, your CDEs, and your LDEs. For those who don't know, an SAE is a supervised agricultural experience. A CDE is a career development event. And an LDE is a leadership development event. Well, my SAEs, not not a whole lot going on there, but we did raise and sell steers for, done that for probably nine years. And so all the high school steers that I've raised and sold went into my SAE. And the last three years, I've raised and sold sheep at the fair, and that went in as well. And I had in in uh, I can't think of what it what it is, but it's a paid position um, SAE where I worked at Dairy Queen, and I was able to put that in and use that as a food service job, and basically that's what helped get me my state degree, is all those hours that I worked at Dairy Queen, it was strenuous, but we did it. Hmm. And for CDEs, I have done a lot. I've done kind of as much as I could. I did. Do you guys consider sales a CDE or an LDE? I consider it a CDE. It's it's not really like a leadership thing because um, it's more of a career development, you know, sales, um, yeah. your marketing, which goes into careers and uh, jobs. So I, I consider that a CDE. I don't know what everybody else says about it. But I, I, I see it as a CDE. See, that's what I usually do, too. But sometimes I'll see it lumped in with the LDEs, and I'm like, oh, oh. But I did ag sales. Got pretty good at it. I really enjoyed ag sales. Livestock judging. Um, floor culture. I, oh, shoot. Hold on. I'm losing it. Let me come back to that and go to my LDEs. Um, I pretty much only did prepared public speaking. I helped a few girls with Creed, but... I didn't get into it myself. I did prepared public speaking for my LDE. And the other CDE I did was the agribusiness test. And I feel like there's more, but I can't think of it at this very moment. I'll take it. I mean, hey, um, I want to say right now, y'all got Dairy Queen up there. It's the only fast food place in like an hour from where I'm living. So, yeah, we do. You guys don't even have like a Mickey D's, a Starbucks. um, The closest McDonald's is like an hour and a half away. That is crazy. I know. Actually, the closest McDonald's is in North Dakota. There's no way. Yep. Same with the closest Walmart. Where's the closest Walmart? Well, it's in North Dakota. How far away is that? It's about hour 45 minutes. Oh, my goodness. I Man. don't even know where the closest one in Montana is, but it's somewhere. I don't even know where the nearest Dairy Queen I know we have one in Oklahoma. Um, we have one in Blackwell, Oklahoma. But that's like two hours away. Um, so we do have them here in Oklahoma. I just don't know like where anything else is. Um, McDonald's, we have two in Bartlesville. We have a couple Brahms. We got, uh, some nice, uh, fast food burger joints, you know, those chains. We got pizzas, of course. Um, 
Wow, no, no, no Mickey D's for a long time. <laughs> yep, yep. We have one over in Sydney, but that's about two hours away. I could never. No, nah, it's all right. Saves me money, you know. Eating at home more. Oh, that's actually a good idea. Eating home more. I love yeah. that. Do you do you like uh, home cooked meals uh, from your mom? What does she cook? Well, my mom, she'll cook pretty much anything, but my brother, he makes the best steaks, and so that's my favorite home-cooked meal, to be honest. My mom, she gets on the grill, Um, she does some good stir-fries, she's a queen at making breakfast eggs, like over-easy eggs, those are good. Oh man, I could talk about food all day if I wanted to. <laughs> I think I could too. So, what are you most excited about this upcoming school year? For school-wise, I'm just kind of excited to get into a bigger area and kind of a way bigger town and seeing what all is out there outside of my little corner, Montana. And I'm also super excited about my state office and getting to do all the things that we get to do. I'm, I'm excited for state and nationals i'm so excited for nationals i've never been to nationals before and so this will be my first time going and i get to be a delegate and i am so excited well i can't wait to see you because this will be my first year going too. um my chapter got national three star um you know after spending hours of having my ag teacher on the computer and him pulling me out um in the summer just like hey what do we do here what do we do there um, you have pictures of this and that. Um, did you do this? What they do? Just having me like give him all these answers just to help him out. And we finally reached that goal of getting the th- national three started. Um, last year was actually his first year not getting it. So we were kind of bummed out, but we were determined to get it back. Um, and he's very happy um, that we're going again. Um, financially, no, he's not. But it's the fact that um, us eight officers and then whoever, like, I don't know what we're doing for the extra, like six spots, but still we're all going, I'm excited. I'm happy. Um, I can see everybody, um, who listens on the show and they're like, Jake, I can't wait to meet you. Finally. I love seeing people. It's my favorite thing of all time. Um, just meeting people from different backgrounds and just having conversations about the most random things. Um, while wearing the blue corduroy, you you guys don't judge. It just it makes me happy. There's no judgment whatsoever in the FFA. So exciting! I I'm so glad that you get to go, and I'm so excited that I get to go and meet all of the other state officers. Um, we actually only sent two of our we sent our president and our first vice president to the state officer summit. So I am so excited to get to meet all of the other states, state officers, teams. That's interesting. I was there any other states that only sent, like, a few of them? Um, yeah, I don't exactly remember which other states, but I do know there is. If you get a chance to talk to Jake or Summit, they can probably be a little bit more insightful about what went on there. I have Summit uh, coming on the 21st. Well, perfect. You'll have to ask him about what all states only brought a few of us, a few state officers. 
Okay. I, I, I was kind of curious because I know Oregon sent their entire officer team. Louisiana sent their officer team. Uh, my state, of course, Georgia sent theirs. Um, I'm not sure about Texas. I don't. I didn't really look at Texas much um, because you know they got like a billion people on that team. Oh uh, yeah, which is understandable because of how many are in the association itself. Um, and for those who don't know, if you guys looked on National FFA Instagram, we are fifty-five thousand away from reaching that one million. It's so exciting. This one of our, is one cra- of our goals. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, oh, you go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> um, my bad. Anyways, um, one million. It might seem like a small number population wise, but for a student led organization in the United States alone, that's a huge feat, especially since it's been uh, nearly a hundred years. Um, so if we actually get to that 1 million mark by the hundredth year, um, nationally for the FFA guys, pat yourselves on the back. We did it. We're growing and we're actually making a big difference and not just our lives, but other people's lives. And hopefully the future for our high schools and our States and better yet, our country. I know it's completely, it's, unbelievably amazing how close we are to that number i am super excited i think we're going to hit that million mark next year it's bound to happen i think last year was like eight hundred fifty thousand, and mm-hmm. um just a year jump 95 we're going to hit it no no problem whatsoever no i think there was there was about like an 11 percent growth i think is what i read in the past year which is absolutely insane Yes, yes, eleven percent makes a huge difference if you guys look at percentages. Yes, I have some fun questions because I love fun questions. I like getting personal. Uh, I mean, this this interview itself has already been pretty personal already, but I like asking fun questions. What is your funniest FFA moment or moments? Uh, I think one of the funniest moments that. I have witnessed was on our way it was on our way back from I think it was Montana Ag Expo which is one of our big events we stopped like I don't I think we were halfway home and we stopped to fill up our bus with gas and we all had to get out because you know you're filling a school bus with gas and (laughs) (laughs) we were washing the windshield wiper and or we washing the windshield and somehow the windshield wipe or like the cleaner broke in half. (gasps) And so we panicked. We didn't know what to do. And so boys were like, don't worry guys, we'll just put it on the bus. No one will know. So we didn't mean to steal it, but we broke it. So we had to take it. So I thought that was really funny. Our advisor was a little, a little bit upset that we broke it and then proceeded to take it, but she got over it. It was okay. No harm, no foul. I don't condone stealing. I just thought it was kind of funny. I thought it was going to be worse. I was like, is it going to break the windshield? Oh, no. That would be – we don't have – our school doesn't have the money for that. Oh, <laughs> who said it? Somebody – oh, yeah, it was Esther. Um, So we have quite a few competitions. Uh, she was going to a CDE competition. She go, She went to Stillwater, which is one of our bigger chapters in Oklahoma. Um, somebody 
uh, like dropped a log out of the uh, back of a truck and it landed on their hood of the their charter, not charter bus, but like one of those activity buses, and it broke the windshield. And they had to go home with that, and they've gotten pulled over, and they they just could not stop laughing because they're like, "How am I going to say this to my parents?" I thought it was going to be so much worse than just stealing a little windshield wiper. No, <laughs> I can't imagine getting pulled over on a bus. <laughs> I think the closest thing, like having our windshield broken, we had our whole bus break down, like at state this. And no, it was at it was at Montana Ag Expo again. But like this year, this most recent one, our bus broke down completely while we were at the dance, and we had no way to get back to our hotel, so we had to jump a bus. Like we spread out, we jumped buses, and um, we had no way to get home until the next morning when they like they drove it like half an hour away just to go get the part fixed. I guess that was terrifying. I like. I was really tired and like exhausted and I was just sitting there and I was like, why can't we go back on our own bus? But it worked (laughs) out. It worked out. Thank God it worked out. When I was much younger, um, I was a bus rider. I was one of those bus kids in elementary school. Um, We were pretty gone, like far gone from school. Um, It was like for a field trip. I forgot where we went. Um, But like it brings me to that memory when our bus broke down on the the side of the highway and a different school decided to be pretty helpful and allow us to use one of their buses um, and drove all the way back home. And I thought that was pretty cool and how nice it was. Uh, But then like many years later, I'm looking at right now, like that would be terrifying. (laughs) Just being on the side of the highway in the middle of the day. And then you see all these cars pass by. It's like, dude you're going so slow but you're not really moving (laughs) i'm like oh my goodness um football my eighth grade year when i played for my uh, bigger school i went to um for some reason they have this rule where if you see like a stray dog or cat run under the bus you have to go full stop and you can't go until the police come to remove that animal. So we stayed on that bus. We were late to our game for about 45 minutes, and it was a home game. So we were even more embarrassed that we were late to our own home game. Um, For a perspective on why we were late, um, our practice field and the 8th grade and 7th grade football field where we practice at is a couple miles away from the high school stadium where we play our home games. Um, so of course we got a bus there and when a little kitten ran under a bus, we had to wait 45 minutes till the cops got it. And we were, we were embarrassed and we lost big time, but it was, I I, I don't know what to say anymore. So I don't you're telling like. me that you couldn't have just gotten out and walked? No. That is, that's ridiculous. Well, if it's on, if it's on a busy road, um, uh, like it's on one of the major roads in that city. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, Oklahoma drivers are crazy. You never know if you're going to live another day on the roads. Um, so like having 50 plus kids walk to a high school, uh, for three miles, uh, like on the side of the busy road, you don't know if those kids are going to run out on the street or, uh, run to the houses on the other side of the street. You don't know what they're going to do. 
especially if they're in uh, middle school. Um, me being me, I followed the rules, and I decided to just sit my happy butt on the seat and wait for us to just go back to the high school. But it's, it's whatever. It was three years ago. I don't really hold a grudge now uh, like I did then, but it's fine. <laughs> we We lost that season. We only made one touchdown that entire season. Sounds like my football team, our high school football team is really bad. And I think we won. I think I think it was two years ago we did really good. But the year before that, we did not win a single game our entire season. We're actually trending. So uh, my freshman year of high school, we went one and nine. Last year, we went two and eight. So okay. this year, this year, we should be going three and seven. Um, but after looking at the schedule and see how well we did at spring ball and hopefully our scrimmage tomorrow isn't like terrible, uh, we should be winning four games at least. That would be, that would be pretty good. You know, um, high school football down here is a little bit different. Um, so if you make like a certain number, I think it was like four games, you can make playoffs, um, which is really crazy. Um, Bartlesville, which is the school right next to us, they're 6A, massive. Um, they, I think they won five games, went to like two rounds of playoffs and lost, um, which I really thought was great. I think they played Stillwater too. Uh, no, Stillwater was during their actual season. If you don't know Stillwater, um, Stillwater is home to Oklahoma State and it is, you know, one of the powerhouses, um, in my opinion. And Stillwater High School, they went undefeated last year. Um, they won the state championship for, like, Class 2, um, 6A Class 2, and Bixby won uh, 6A Class 1. So we actually have split up classes uh, for 6A, and then we have districts um, for our classes. We're a 3A school, um, but, like, if you win our district, we go on to, like, uh, the bracket for uh, the state championship, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't think Dewey, my hometown, is not going to get there anytime soon. The last time we went to state uh, championship and won uh, was back in 1947. Wow. And that was the year the Air Force was made. So <laughs> <laughs> It's like a whole other world listening about football over there just because I'm used to A- Class A, Class B, and Class C. That's all I hear about. Really? Oh, oh yeah, you are you are from a tiny school. Yeah, we're a Class C school. Maybe we're moving up to Class B soon. From what I've heard. Yeah, we just moved up to 3A, and that's just... It's, it's an achievement, I guess, but it's not much of an achievement because, you know, we're getting hammered by these good schools like Vertigris. Um, I'm not proud to say this, but last year uh, we... Uh, had her home game against one of the the top dogs um, in her class. It was an 80-point game. They had 74, and we had six. It's always rough when the home games go bad like that. Well, the sad thing was I was recording the entire time. I was on end zone camera uh, for that one game because our regular cameraman at the time, uh, he was sick. So... (laughs) Um, <laughs> I, got, I got to the end zone cam and I got to watch the mayhem unfold. And I was, I was constantly, you know, slapping my face, you know, face palm. And then I'm like, 
screaming at our players like, dude, do better. And then when they can't even catch a ball and getting like five interceptions in like a single drive, I'm getting mad and mad and mad. And <sighs> it's football. The football gets you rowdy if you actually care about it. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. So I ask everybody this um, because, you know, it's about food and it's against two rival companies. You probably heard of this. Um, It's more prominent down south, of course. But I want to know what your thoughts are and know this. There is only one correct choice. However, you can save yourself. What do you prefer? Chick-fil-A or Raising Cane's? I've never had raisin canes. <gasps> what? I don't actually think there's. I don't know if they have that in Montana. Oh man. And, um, I think Chick Fil A is overrated. Who was the? Uh, oh yeah, um, Kylie Temple. She said the same thing. She's from Oregon. Um, she's the state uh, vice president over there. Um, in Oregon, and then my friend Sloane, she said that last time too. She didn't have it until this year, so I'm surprised you don't even have raising canes. Um, but have you at least had Chick Fil A? I've, yeah, I have. I like their sandwiches, but everyone hypes them up too much. Like, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a place that sells chicken. <laughs> That's all it is. It's a, it's a chicken sandwich. Fair enough. I mean, no offense I, to anyone who's a diehard Chick Fil A fan. I'm, I'm, I'm a, di- I'm not going to say I'm a diehard, but I'm a huge fan of Chick Fil A. I prefer Chick Fil A over Raising Cane's, but I love Raising Cane's, so it's not really like much of a rivalry for me. I just prefer Chick Fil A. Um, wow, Montana has nothing, do they? Okay, to be fair, maybe we have a Raising Cane's, just not where I live, not in, like. Not from what I've seen, but maybe yeah. I'll keep my eyes peeled. You're in the middle of nowhere, so I kind of get your your standings. I don't get out much. <laughs> I want to know a little bit about your state. Um, see, it it varies wildly depending on who you talk to. If you talk to the west side, it's a lot different from talking to the east side. So I'll give the east side perspective. <laughs> Um, most of the east side is small towns. We don't have any huge cities. I think the biggest place is Great Falls, and that's still closer to the middle of the state. Um, I have never been to the southwest part of the state. I'm going to be honest. We have some weird, weird named, weird named towns. We got Ikalaka down there. It's the only (laughs) one I can name. I don't know what else is down there. I feel really bad, but I will learn because I think I have to go down there at some point. Um, there's not much to say. We have mostly rolling hills, prettiest sunset in the country. I swear on my life. We have the prettiest sunset in the country. I detest that. There's no way. I detest that. Well, where do you think it is? (laughs) Oklahoma. We got the prettiest sunsets. Every time I go to the ag farm, I'm able to snag a picture or two at the sunset. Um, of course, when it's not cloudy, um, but the, I'm always... I, I love sunsets so much. My my bestie, of course, got me into that. Um, and the sunrises are just as good. Uh, so during the summer, 
I had to get up at five o'clock, which was about an hour before the sun rose. And by the time I get to work, um, the sun is just coming up and it's the most gorgeous thing you'll ever see. So sunsets and sunrises are probably the prettiest things you'll ever see in Oklahoma, especially whenever you're on the side of a road and there's just open field. Um, if you look on my TikTok, I have like the most beautiful video ever. Um, I posted last year coming home from a scrimmage and it was, I look back on it. I'm like, just look at Osage County from this video and you can see so much about our nature. Um, sunsets are truly something beautiful that God has created. They truly are. It's one of, one of my favorite parts of the day, sunrise and sunset, but you have to see the Montana sunsets. Wherever you are in the state, you can always see the sunrise and sunset unless you're up in the mountains where all the trees are. Okay, I shouldn't say wherever you are in the state. On the east side of the state where we have no trees. <laughs> That's another thing. If you're on the west side, you got trees. On the east side, you don't got trees, and there's not a lot of rain that happens over here. We're pretty dry, pretty much prairie, all prairie, and we were almost called a desert for a couple years there. Like, but I think we're doing pretty good this year. We actually got rain. Um, what all do you want to know about Montana? Um, you know, just your perspective, uh, your east side, of course, because you've never been on the southwest. I, I like learning about people uh, from where they're from. It, it, it makes it interesting. Well, I think my favorite part about living over here is how close you can get with the people in the small towns. Like, I, I don't live in town, but I'm about 10 minutes away from where I went to school and all that. And I can just, like, w go into this one grocery store that we have, and I'll have at least three people come up and ask me how I'm doing, where I'm going to college, when I'm leaving. And it just feels like such a close-knit community, and it's one of my favorite parts. And everybody pretty much knows all the small towns in the area. We've got a whole bunch of them. And it's pretty cool. Just a bunch of small little towns, small town folks. I love that. Um, yeah. My hometown's not big, but it's not that small. Um, but, you know, you if you guys like to just roam around your, like, the main street, you can learn so much about people. So, um, you know, my brother, he's my guardian. He's pretty busy all the time. And um, after work, I just... I just roam Main Street and go to, like, the random shops uh, shops just to see people, see what they're doing, uh, see what they're selling. And I'll make con uh, connections so easily. Um, so we actually just had a, a pizza parlor open up in March. And I didn't try it out until my first day working at my school in the summer. Um, I've been a loyal customer ever since. And these people who run the shop have been every like they've they just keep asking me hey how are you doing how's your podcast are you ready for school um what's your next ffa event uh coming up to what are y'all doing uh, they're truly truly great people um and of course we got this 30 year old antique shop that i go to um pretty regularly my uh my other friend uh his family run it so um they're like family to me so this small town communities like this um, it, it makes you feel blessed just to have a little community behind your back and actually care about, uh, your future 
and care about like what you're doing at like in your childhood. Um, I didn't have much of a childhood, um, as I said before on this podcast, but um, like the few years I have left, I'm making the most of it with these people. I barely get to see um, because, you know, it's, it's just it's love away from home. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. And the friendships that you can make. I made my I met my best friend about two years ago. She lives in a town 20 minutes away from mine. And we met working at Dairy Queen and the love that I've gotten from her and her family and everyone that she knows and everyone that I know. It's amazing. It's awesome. Now, the one thing I hate about um, being pretty close with the antique shop is they like making fun of me a lot. Um, so, <laughs> um, a lot of my friends are going to give me so much, uh, crap about this, but, um, back in May, um, I had an issue with a girl who decided that, um, my morals were not good enough, easy to follow. And she, uh, did some pretty bad things. So we ended things and I was like, you know what, is there like a, a woman who understands me, um, and isn't crazy and then you know the shop owners they're they're listening on and they're like dude you're okay uh we're here for you and then um coming home from a leadership camp for ffa and 4-h members um this really pretty girl she's hanging around me the entire time she's snapping me after uh, the uh, the camp and um she's basically throwing herself at me but i'm just i'm kind of rejecting her because i don't want a relationship from five hours away um and then the shop owner's like, dude, you're blind. You're dumb. Go for her. She's throwing herself at you. You've been crying about how single you were a few months ago, and now look at you. At least your morals have changed, but your personality has not. I'm like, well, because once you see a thing or two, you know a thing or two. Um, so that that's just my gist. Yeah. <laughs> see, they're yeah. just... They're very involved in your personal life. And I, my boss was like that. Anytime something would happen in my relationships, you'd be like, oh, Ayla. And I would be like, yes, Devin. And then we would sit and talk about it for like an hour. She's my favorite. She's my favorite boss that I've ever had. <laughs> um, Monday, um, I was at the antique shop. And um, one of the shop owner's uh, niece, she was getting ready to vacuum. And she just left it there on the floor. And I'm sitting there at the counter. And I'm like, uh, you just have the vacuum here for no reason? And she's like, well, I was about to vacuum, but you're you're in the way. I don't want to, like, get you in the way. And then uh, the shop owner goes, that's literally just Jake. You're fine. You can clean. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. And then I'm like, fair point. It's just me. And then they're like, you're family. It's fine. <laughs> I love I love these people. Truly is one of the best parts of living in a smallish town. Smallish town. So, do you have any advice for our listeners or to me? Find what you're passionate about and hold on to it. It seems like you have a pretty good grasp about what you plan on doing with the rest of your life and what you're passionate about and just keep on following that and it's going to change as you get older and as life changes, but whatever it is, stick with it. You know, that's the best advice I can give anybody, honestly. Stick with it. 
Stick and with it. Stick to your morals too. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Please do. Um, if you have strong morals, then your character will grow along with it. Yeah. I, and, I know that from experience. So. Yeah. And the other thing that I have is surround yourself with people that you want to be like and with people with the same end goal in mind. That will really help you in figuring out how to get where you want to be and encouraging you on getting there. Preach. Please preach. <laughs> I, I've had to ditch a lot of friendships because um, t- to be completely fair, I don't like what route they're going. And no matter how often I'll be like, dude, you can't be doing this. It's going to hurt in the long run. I can't be around those people because I want my future to be successful. And I got to be a role model for not only my chapter and my family, but for the kids I want to have in my adult life, um, like the next generation is dependent on us and we got to yeah. step up. Yeah. And it can be such a hard thing, especially when you have to like give up on those friendships, but sometimes it has to be done in something that can be really worth it in the end. And I'm not saying you just give up as like super easily and I'm sure you didn't, but I think it's something where you got to like, take a step back and reevaluate things once in a while. Yes, exactly. So, do you have any questions for me? Um, I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot. We did. We really did. And this was a good episode. So, Ayla, thank you so much for being the 25th episode of I Believe TV. I had an absolute blast talking to you. And thank you for having me, Jacob. You're very welcome. Um, I always want to know about um, what Montana State FFA is doing. I want to keep uh, tabs up with you and your officer team. I love what you guys are doing. Um, I just can't wait to see where you guys are going to go with the school year. I'm excited. I'm too. I'm excited to see where you end up. <laughs> I still got a couple of years of school. I'll, I'll wow. be, I'll be making some changes. I'll tell you that. And you know, every day is a blessing to me. Um, and every day is an opportunity uh, that, you know, opens more doors. And I feel like um, I, I feel like I got a good grasp of what I'm, uh, I'm planning to do, at least. I, I still got some time. Yeah. But, but yet again, every day is not guaranteed. So. Yeah. Well, uh, as always, why are we here? Because we believe. Because we believe. Thank you so much, Alo uh, Yoder. I had so much fun. And everybody, make a great day and be kind to somebody.